0: My name is Kim Duke and I am married to an addict. Um, Today I'm going to talk about two things or um, I'm going to talk about how addiction has affected our children um, and then how it kind of affects friendships. I'm going to go into a little bit of that. Um, So first things first, I guess we'll talk about my kids or our kids. Um, So going back to about three years ago when Chris was hospitalized, Um, for an attempt. Landon was seven um, and Layla was just four, four or five. And they didn't really understand where dad was or why he was in the hospital. They just thought that dad was in the hospital because of a bad back. Um, And they didn't really question that at all. Um, So I knew it was going to be different this time around just because Landon's older and he you know, his perception of things is a lot different. So, um, I guess we'll go to, you know, when Chris's drinking was really increasing and then, um, to his hospitalization. And now I don't know how much of the kids, um, how much they noticed that Chris was drinking a lot. I mean, there was always beer cans around the house and, they would always make comments about beer and drinking and stuff like that, but in a funny way, but not that dad was drinking a lot. Like I said in previous episodes, Chris is a high functioning alcoholic, so he doesn't stagger around, doesn't slur his words. Um, so uh, they really, I don't think they really noticed that he was drinking a lot. I mean, we had a lot of cans and we'd clean them up, but um, they never made any comments or anything like that. Um, and then the night of Chris's attempt, um, everything happened really quick and I should have been more, you know, noticed more what was going on with the kids. But when I got to the house, you know, my brother-in-law was the one that was here and was in the room with Chris and I kind of ran to the room and Landon must've noticed that I was home and he kind of followed behind me and saw Chris, in the state of mind he was in, um, the unconscious not talking, his eyes were really red. And unfortunately Landon saw him like that. Um, but my brother-in-law was very quick to get him out of the room, bring Landon and Layla to, downstairs to Landon's room. Um, and then, you know, as a child, you're seeing all these people coming into your house and I knew Landon would have more questions than Layla just cause he saw the way Chris was, um, so Landon and Layla went and stayed with my mother-in-law um, that night as I was in the hospital with Chris. I Chris got admitted in the morning. Um, I ran home. I showered quick, changed my clothes, um, grabbed Chris's glasses, and then went to the visiting hours in the afternoon. And then I went to my mother and father-in-law's house after visiting hours to see the kids. And um, you could tell that they were very sad because they didn't know what was going on, um, and I know that Landon asked my brother in law, like, why did my dad look like that? And I believe that my brother in law just said, you know, you know, Dad may have had too much to drink. And Landon would ask me that question throughout the time that Chris was in the hospital, like, why did Dad look like that? And working as a mental health professional, but I mean, I. N- was unsure myself of how to approach that situation. Um, you know, I didn't want to lie to Landon either. Um, but I also didn't want to go out right and like right at it and tell him exactly what had happened either. Cause I didn't know what he understood of what the situation was going on. Um, and then, you know, we took the kids to visit Chris and, um, They had more questions this time around. They noticed, you know, dad's wearing brown scrubs. And they even made comments like, I feel, is dad in jail? Like, he's locked up. Is he in jail? Why is everyone wearing brown scrubs? Um, Stuff like that. And I just, you know, kept saying dad's in the hospital. He's just getting help. Um, And I, I, they never, we never talked. His previous hospitalization, we focused, dad's in the hospital because of his back. He's in the hospital because of his back. Um, And this time around, it was more, I guess I didn't know how to approach it. Um, And thankfully working in the field, I know there's professionals out there. So I did reach out to a child therapist and I actually had a meeting with her and she was great. She gave me all this information on how to talk to Landon um, and Layla. um, But Layla didn't have as many questions, obviously, than Landon because he saw Chris. And we had a really good conversation and. Landon and Layla were home probably for two days out of school, and then in my head, I knew I had to get them back to school. Um, and I didn't right away tell the school what was going on, but I um, I did have them go back to school, and that was one of the things the therapist actually said was really good for kids, is to get them back into their routine, what was normal for them. Um, pro- you know, if I would have kept them at home longer, um, I'm sure that they would have had more questions and... Children cope in different ways than adults, you know, getting back to school and, to you know, seeing their friends and doing schoolwork. Um, and then we would obviously visit Chris um, in the evenings, and I would go visit during the day. Um, while well, I'm trying to think of more things that was helpful. Um, I did eventually reach out to the school because Landon, he missed a couple days, obviously, you know, the day that Chris went to the hospital or when he was admitted it was a Monday morning. So Landon and Layla missed school that day and they missed Tuesday just because I was so exhausted. I didn't sleep at all Sunday into Monday. So I kept them home Tuesday because I was tired and I knew that they were probably also very tired. Um, so, you know, missing two days of school when you're in intermediate school, Landon had a lot of homework. And I remember that day I was downstairs in our lower level And he walked in the door and I went to check and, you know, see how their day went. And Landon immediately fell to the ground and was crying hysterically. Um, So obviously, you know, I went to check on him to see what was going on. And he just was so overwhelmed with schoolwork. You know, he missed all the the schoolwork that he needs to catch up on. And so that was, you know, we sat down and we did what we could. You know, we're going to go visit dad and, you know, a couple hours, let's do what we can. Um, so we did and he was able to kind of mellow out and we um I did reach out to the school after that. I just reached out to his teacher to let her know. Um, and I in the future, you know, if I could tell myself back then I would have probably reached out to the school sooner just because he took it really hard having all that homework and my dad's in the hospital and now I have all this homework and I don't know what my life is gonna look like in the next month or so or when my dad's going to get out. So it was a lot for Landon and Landon is our he is our sensitive emotional child. Layla kind of just does her own thing and so it was a lot harder on Landon. Um than Layla. Um but uh, I'm trying to think he would meet with the school social worker which was they didn't really talk about what was going on but she knew I did reach out to her but um, they, she kind of took Lane into her office an hour a week and they would, um, play games, stuff like that. And that was really helpful for him. And he enjoyed that. Um, and then I didn't really think Lane was adjusting pretty well. I mean, he would occasionally ask me that question, why did dad look like that? And then I would kind of turn the question back on him. Like, well, why do you think dad looked like that? And then we never kind of got to an answer of why he like what Landon was thinking in the moment. And I directly didn't want to come out and tell Landon what had happened um, that night. Um, and then we did eventually have a session. It was me, Landon, and the therapist. And we had, a, you know, we talked about things about his dad, things that he likes about his dad. Um, and it was a great session. And she actually thought Landon was adjusting pretty well for what had gone on. And um and we haven't had actually landon back to a therapist since then um his social worker you know now the school counselor social worker will reach out to me via email since the kids aren't in school and just check and see how landon's doing um but he you know it was he did pretty good and then chris came home and then you know, he, Chris was home for a few days before he went to treatment. And then when we had to break the news to the kids that dad was going to go away longer, and this next time Landon, he took it really hard. And I could see changes in Landon, not so much Layla. Layla, I mean, she slept in bed with me and we had a different routine and we talked a lot about being a team. Um, you know, we're a team of three when dad's not here. So we need to work together. And the kids were really good. Um, they knew that we could visit dad Sundays and Wednesdays and that was the plan. And, um, but I could tell Landon still had a hard time. He wasn't sleeping very well. He was waking up a lot more at night, having a lot more nightmares, um, and stuff like that. And, you know, the closer I got to Chris to coming home, I could see him perking up a little bit more. Um, he just didn't really want to talk about things, which is not, like Landon he usually is pretty open about wanting to talk about you know his what's going on how he feels about things and I felt like he was pretty um, shut down at that point which I didn't also want to push him to talk about what he felt was going on Um, and now you know we're a month over a month of Chris being home and Landon's back to the way he was before everything had happened. He's, you know, his goofy self, you know, interacting with us. He doesn't have nightmares at night as much anymore. I mean, as occasional kid nightmare, but um, I feel like he, kids are so resilient. You know, they can see, my biggest fear though with everything is that they can see traumatic events and it can affect them in ways. And I know as a child, I had seen and experienced pretty significant traumas and I didn't want Landon to be in his 20s and start drinking a lot because he was trying to deal with things that had happened to him as a child or seeing his dad the way he was um so I think that's why initially I was like I need to get Landon you know and what was hard for me was knowing what I had saw you know when I looked at Chris and saw Chris the way he was you know his presentation at that moment and then knowing that our 10 year old is now looking at the way Chris looked like I can't imagine what was going through Landon's head. Um, So I knew getting him into the therapy or even having a session or two would be good. Um, And I did get like a packet on how to talk to him in the future. Um, And she did say it might be a good thing to bring up in the future when he's old enough to kind of understand or if he even straight, you know, comes out and asks us. Um, is this what dad did, to be honest about it and not have those secrets? Because I grew up with a lot of secrets in my family and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. And I just want our kids to know that we can talk about things and be open about things, especially mental health. I don't want them to ever be afraid to talk about um, if they're feeling anxious or sad or depressed, because I think it's very important to talk about feelings. I grew up where we kind of my mom, we would talk about feelings, not so much with my dad. So we, we held a lot of feelings in and I want my kids, you know, our kids to know that it's okay to talk about how they feel or their worries, um, their anxieties, if they're feeling sad. And I did open that conversation up a lot when Chris was in treatment with the kids to be, have that conversation, you know, are you feeling sad? Are you feeling worried? Um, and we would have those talks that night before bed, like what kind of worries are you having? And, um, the therapist said that's a really good thing to talk about is worries, especially with kids. What kind of, cause you know, they don't really talk about anxieties, but worries is more of a kid term. And so, you know, Landon would talk about, he would worry that dad wouldn't get better. Um, but he wouldn't elaborate a lot on what he meant by that. And I think he felt like dad wouldn't get better and come home. Um, but you know, now we're here and he's home and he's healthy. And, um, but I think the hardest thing for me was with the kids is making sure that they felt safe, um, to talk about what was going on or ask questions. And, um, but so far, you know, we haven't really talked about the hospital or dad being gone for a long time. And, Our home life has kind of gone back to the way it was, but in a good way, you know, relaxed. The kids feel, you know, like I said, Landon's kind of gone back to his old silly self. Um, But in the future, I know that we have options if Landon needs to talk to somebody again in the future. You know, we have that option there. I have resources to talk about, you know, what had happened Um, if Layla in the future ever asks what went on, you know, to just be open and honest about it. Um, obviously with what, if Chris feels comfortable, um, talking about that. Um, but one thing that I noticed a lot was our friends asked a lot about the kids, which was good. Um, my coworkers, you know, everyone reached out a lot. And I think, I can I've gone through things and I bounce back really easily and I don't you know I don't I feel like things happen and I can deal with it I I think my main concern was how the kids were going to cope with everything because I knew in their age they that they are now they um they notice things more um but at this point in time we're in a good place with the kids and I'm just going to keep repeating myself if I keep going on about that. Um, and then I guess we'll talk a little, I'll talk a little bit about friends. Cause I know that Chris plans on later in the podcast talking about friendships. Um, when everything originally happened with Chris's attempt, I didn't reach out to a lot of my friends. Um, we have mu- like mutual friends that obviously that knew what was going on and we reach out to them and they were great. They would text me check in with me check in and see how the kids were one of her friends she actually stopped over one night after an open mic to check in and see how we were doing um see how the kids were and it took me a little bit to reach out to my friends just because it's not my story um you know I didn't want to tell a lot of my friends because of I didn't know how Chris felt about me telling people um my coworker friends i you know they obviously knew what was going on because i wasn't at work and they were great they were all checking in with me constantly seeing if i needed anything see how i was um and then when i told my my friends it was you know they reached out to me and they were you know everyone was great always asking how me and the kids were doing um and i think it i know i've been in the same position where i've been that friend and you you reach out so much and then you feel uncomfortable like might ask, Am I reaching out too much? Am I not reaching out enough? And I feel like everyone was great. I think they reached out just enough. And I knew when to reach out to my friends and say, I'm having a terrible day. I'm not doing well. And just being able to talk it out. One of my good friends I've been good friends with since I was 15, I reached out to her a lot and felt comfortable just saying, I'm not, I'm having a bad day. This is what's going on. Um, and I felt like there was no judgment from people. Um, I was worried about what people would think just because uh, the drinking thing. I knew like Chris going to treatment because of his drinking. A lot of people didn't see it. Not a lot of people lived in our home. Like I said in previous podcasts, people assume that if you have an addiction, you need to be doing self destructive things, getting DWIs abusive spending lots of money all these types of things and chris was not like that so it was hard for other people to see that he had a problem you know i remember him making a comment to some friends and saying well what did you do to you know what did you do to make him feel like you need to stop drinking and it's like when you're doing something enough and you're spending and you know there's ways things can be addictions without having all that self-destruction so I was kind of con- worried about what our friends would say um, when you know I said that Chris would be going to treatment, and I would hope that people were supportive. And people were, um, you know, I have good friends that are still, you know, very supportive. They were supportive when Chris was in treatment, asking me how things were going, reaching out to me, trying to keep in contact. Because I am one of those people that. I will become a hermit and not reach out to people when I, you know, granted I did to a few friends, but there are times where I'm like, I don't want to bother people anymore. I don't want to bother people with me feeling sad today or struggling and worrying what our life is going to be like when Chris gets home, you know, worrying about the kids are sick. And it's just me and I have, I'm taking care of everything and making sure everything's taken care of at home. Bills are taking care of everything while Chris is in treatment, focusing on himself, trying to not have him worry about what's going on in our life. Um, so I, you know, that's one thing that I tried to be better about was reaching out to people when I needed it and my friends and keeping that big support system close. Um, and I guess now it's hard to hang out with friends. We've done FaceTimes with friends and stuff like that, which is great and keeping in contact that way. Um, I guess I get nervous about when, you know, all the restrictions are lifted with this COVID going, you know, COVID and quarantine and everything, what things are going to be like. Are people going to want to hang out with me and Chris? Are p- friends going to want to be around us knowing that, neither of us drink and we had a very interesting conversation, you know, about when we would be around other people that wouldn't drink and you almost feel uncomfortable. Like we've had this conversation where, you know, sometimes people just don't drink or, or, you know, they can't drink or, you know, whatever else. And you would go to bonfires or hang out with a group of people. And if someone doesn't drink, you almost feel uncomfortable. Like, do I talk to that person? Do I interact with them? And I So I'm wondering, you know, I wonder how our friends are going to react to us and I hope that they feel like that we want to be around them if we're there and that we're not, you know, going to be uncomfortable if they're drinking and we're, you know, I'm making the choice not to drink to support my partner and, you know, obviously he's not drinking because it's, you know, it's an addiction for him and so I guess I wonder what it's going to be like after, you know, once we start hanging out with people more, again, not on FaceTime and, um, hope that we keep those connections. Uh, you know, I have friends that don't drink and obviously I'm still very close to them. And even when I would drink, they were still close with me. So I'm hoping that our friends still reach out to us. Um, but we, I really hope we just keep that tight circle and that they're there. And, um, we did get a question. I know I'm kind of, what do you think? What do you say to people who don't think their addictions are as bad as others? Um, I think an addiction's an addiction. I don't, and I've talked to people about this in the past, um, and in my current role with mental health, you know, my depression's not as bad as this person's, or my anxiety's not as bad as this person. I shouldn't be seeking help because they have it worse than me, or I've heard you know, when I talk about my upbringing, well, you've had a lot of bad things happen to you. I shouldn't be complaining. I, I hate that. I'm going to be honest. I hate that because we cannot compare how someone reacts and someone, how their depression or anxiety is. It can just because you view someone else's worse than yours, it doesn't make, it's not, it's how we, you know, how we cope and deal with things. Um, so I don't think you know people can do more self-destructive things with their addictions um or use more but I don't like the how what do you say to someone who you know it's that's a trying to think of the right words to answer that because I feel like an addiction's an addiction and it you know I mean Chemicals can affect people differently. You know, different substances can affect people differently. People, you know, people can have addictions to shopping. People can have addictions to food and stuff like that. And it can be self-destructive in different ways than chemical substances or drugs. You know, meth is going to affect you differently, chemically, than, you know, marijuana or cocaine or alcohol, but if you have an addiction to any of those things that can affect your life very similarly, you know, it's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect your daily life. And it's, you know, an addiction's an addiction when it has an effect on your life. And um, I think I just put addictions all in one category. And I don't like to say, well, that person's drinking problem was way worse than Chris's and they have it off way worse. And And that's just how I've always been about mental health. I don't like to compare people's depression to each other or their anxiety to each other because, you know, my anxiety can be pretty severe, but I can cope pretty well. I work. I take care of a family. I do all that. And I have extreme anxiety. Um, But someone can have their first panic attack and be like, well, you deal with it every day. How do you, you know, my anxiety is not as bad as yours. No, you have anxiety. It's bad. You know, it, it affects us all different ways, but it's, mine's not going to be worse than anyone's or, um, I guess that's kind of a roundabout way to answer that question. Um, one thing I did think about when I was talking about Lana being sick, what I want to go back to family one more time. I'm terrible about this. I go all around when I talk in this podcast, but Lana and Layla both got sick while Chris was in treatment. Landon, and I don't know if this was an anxiety sick, But he actually one morning just was super sick, was throwing up. And um, I know I am, (laughs) when my life is overwhelming or I'm overly stressed, I throw up. And I saw that in Landon too, where he was, you know, overly stressed. Chris just went to treatment and he just one morning could not stop throwing up. And that was a lot to handle um, with him being super sick. And then Layla shortly after that got really sick with strep. Um, so I think physically the kids, you know, especially Landon, physically, he got physically ill when Chris was gone. And I don't know if the, you know, being overly stressed about what was going on in our lives, um, really got to Landon physically where he just got sick. Um, uh, I guess I'll end my section with. If you have a family member or you are struggling with addiction or and you have kids, there are so many resources out there. Um, Hazleton has a children's program and we unfortunately couldn't participate in that just because the times that they had it didn't work and the kids didn't know exactly 100% what was going on, but there are resources that Hot Dogs Anonymous book that I read with Layla. It's a great way to teach kids about addiction in a way that's not saying... You know, directly out that you know, drugs and alcohol. Like you can be addicted to hot dogs as a dog, you know. Um, but you you know, use therapy. Therapy was, is great. Um, you know, the resources I got for Landon was fabulous on words and ways to approach um, how t- to talk to some a child about a suicide attempt in the different age ranges. And if you're at all interested in that um, document, you can reach out to me on Facebook or, um, through the podcast, um, through the Facebook page, anything like that. And I can provide it to you. I don't, unfortunately don't have it on me right now, which would have been good to have, but I do have that. If anyone at all knows someone in their life that has had an attempt or a family member and they have younger kids and want to be able to talk to them. Um, I do have, um, that information. I will definitely provide it if, um, somebody would like that. Um, but and at the end of it kids are amazing they're resilient and I have two of the most um I'm not gonna cry this time I have two of the most amazing children in the entire world and I am so blessed to have them and you know that me and Chris got to create these two amazing little people and I feel like through everything that we had gone through um in the last few months our kids are gonna grow immensely from it um Granted, it was a very hard thing as a child to deal with. I think they're going to take those experiences and grow from it. And we're going to help them obviously grow with it and have some understanding about mental health and addiction and the future and not be afraid to be talk to us and be open with us if things are going on in their lives. Um, And at the end of the day, you know, we're a team, the four of us. And um, we are going to, you know, they're they're doing well. And in the future, if things, you know, things come up with the kids and they have questions, we'll just talk it out and be honest and use our resources. Um, and I guess I will let Chris go.
1: Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm an alcoholic. Um, this week, I'm gonna talk about friends, um, and mainly, it's gonna be reading uh, this week's letter. Um, but this week's letter is unique in that it, um, it it backdates to some conversations. Like, there's screen grabs um, of these conversations between some friends of ours. Um, them as a couple and some between um one of them and and my wife uh kim so it should be should be interesting um again i I haven't read the letter um but yeah I, i do that so that i can oh i'm sorry the the letter is um something that a family member or a friend writes me um in as to one way that my uh, my drinking affected them um, in a negative way. Keep getting out of breath. I, I still can't find my rhythm as to like how I should talk in these things. And we're, we're, we're getting there. Um, we also had a, a question this week, which I'll open up with first. Um, the question was um, to to people who have addictions, um, that they think are lesser than, um, you know, hardcore drugs or alcohol or, um, whatever it may be. Like there's people that, um, keep those things to themselves, even though it's negatively impacting them and their family, uh, because they, they just don't, they, they don't feel it's as severe and not in the sense that, um, they don't think it's a problem in the sense that they they are almost embarrassed that, you know, something like caffeine or, I don't know, maybe walking too much. I, it, it could be anything. Anything that you feel is negatively affecting uh, yourself or your family um, and is taking up uh, valuable space in your head um, if those things are... Bringing you anxiety or making you uh, depressed uh, throughout the day or throughout the week, then I would say they're just as valid as any other addiction. Addiction is addiction, um, uh, in in my eyes, and I I think Kim feels the same way. Um, We all have things. I am on that fucking computer all the time too. Um, It's so it's more than just you know substance abuse stuff. I I have. An addictive personality, I would say. So there's, there's, you know, skating used to be something that took up uh, way too much time. Snowboarding was the same thing. I would skip out on family functions and, and, uh, other things to do skating or, or snowboarding. So it really, it really just depends on your, uh, like what your, I guess you could say values are, um, and kind of your expectations for yourself in in the long run, I, I would think. Um, so I hope that helps. Um, I hope that anybody who thinks that they have uh, those things, or people who, so something that they, they talk about um, when it comes to addiction uh, is something called cross-addiction, um, which so while you were drinking maybe you were looking at porn or while you were drinking maybe you were snorting cocaine like or vice versa like if if one addiction led you to another addiction um, they're both things that you have to address one might be more imminent than the other but um, yeah cross addiction is something that they they talked about Um, another thing in the realm of cross addiction is people in recovery. uh, They will, they will, it's, it's dangerous to start a new relationship because you feel like you've overcome something. You're this brand new person, fresh out of treatment um, or fresh in recovery. um, And you're, you're kind of on cloud nine. uh, But you're, you know, you're still in the danger zone. If you start a new relationship in that, doesn't pan out or you relapse, um, it then can, can double down on, on the negative effect that it has on your life. Um, so if you're listening to this and you have gone through treatment and didn't hear that stuff, um, I would, I would definitely look into cross addiction and kind of how it pertains to your life. And then on the, um, on the other hand, uh, if you're in recovery and you're feeling like you've conquered the world, don't, um, I just no bullshit. Don't, don't kid yourself. Like I, I'm fully aware that I'm, uh, still an addict. I was at, at a friend's house today. Um, and there was a big handle, um, or a big bottle of, uh, Tito's vodka on top of the fridge. Oh, fuck man. That was, um, I just kept staring at it. I like I was talking to my friend and I was able to hold the conversation but I just could not get my eyes off of that fucking bottle. And you know, I I didn't uh, you know, didn't didn't take a drink. I didn't try to do anything and he, they weren't drinking either. Um but that just goes to show like this is you know, this is something that if we're not paying attention and not, you know, doing the work, then we can, we can get fucked pretty bad. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've been going through. I'm also a little concerned because like the place that I work, I'm now having to work in the, in this warehouse and with my back problems, I get nervous because one thing that I would do um, when when I was injured was I would drink um, in, instead of taking pills, or I would drink with pills sometimes. But I just don't want to get hurt. It's it's something that can really bring me down because um, it it doesn't just like make me immobile in the sense that like I, I can't walk around it makes me it makes it difficult to even sit for extended periods of time so i'll have to lay down a ton which ugh, it's just always a always a drag never a good time sorry about that okay so now on to the letter um and this again there's screen grabs of of text messages between people um, dating back to January 9th of this year. Uh, but I, I have this letter that I'm, I'm supposed to read, uh, before I, I dive into that. Okay. <clears throat> Chris, uh, finding the right words to share is so difficult. I have attached some text message chains, uh, with myself, my, uh, my spouse and Kim. I hope this gives you a small glimpse into how much we care about you and also how much uh, worry and concern we all have for you. Sometimes knowing the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, helps paint a, a picture of what you saw from each of us. Nice. Thank you for that. All right, here we go. <clears throat> um, all right, so... I'll call them, uh, uh, Jared and Susie. All right. Oh, okay. Here we go. So, uh, what did I say I was going to call my, I already forgot Jared and Susie. Okay. So Jared, Hey, I'll call you in a few minutes. Susie, no problems. I was just going to leave a voicemail. Um, Jared, I'm on the phone with Chris. He's not doing well. Susie, oh no. Jared, I'm very worried about him. I don't know what to do. Susie, what's going on? Jared, he drank tonight, and he's not supposed to be. And he's just so depressed, and it's uh, making—it's really making me sad. Uh, Susie, why isn't he supposed to be drinking? New meds? Jared, no. Kim told him uh, he had to stop. Susie, is she gone tonight? Jared. Yeah, and the kids are at his parents. I'm okay. I remember this night now. Um, <clears throat> Susie, are things still not uh doing too well with him and Kim? Oh, this must have been when I was like all agitated. Fuck. Okay. Um, Jared, I honestly can't tell. Susie, I know they've been having a tough time as a couple lately. Uh, Jared. Yeah, I know. I just can't tell. He's so unhappy. He seems so unhappy. Susie. Uh, What's he saying? Maybe he needs to go to therapy or a program. Jared. I've mentioned that a few times. Susie. Maybe a few of you guys could go with him to his first meeting. It's moral support. It's not as scary if you go as a group. Jared. I can talk to him about that. It's a good idea. Susie, bring it back to the kids. He's got a lot of life yet to to see out of those two kids, and he's not going to want to miss out on that. That's uh, what we tell my grandpa. He's uh, got a job to do. Jared, uh, we're not getting anywhere. Susie, I'm sorry. You're a good friend. My meds are kicking in, so I'm almost asleep. We'll talk tomorrow. Uh, But really, he spoils... Oh, he should find a therapist because uh, this isn't healthy for you either. Jared, uh, I know and I keep trying to explain that he's not approaching this in a way that's constructive. He's just He just contradicts me and I can tell it's because he's feeling vulnerable. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I should have called you earlier. I love you so much. You're the greatest ever. Thank you for always being there for me. Sleep like an angel. Susie, I was hanging with my mom since uh she leaves tomorrow, but remember he also he's also been oh part of it cut off. So uh so back to Susie again. Uh it's, oh and the next day. How was the rest of your combo with Chris? Jared. Long frustrating concerning all of the above. Susie, want to plan a trip to Arizona the last week of February, uh first week of March? Jared, yes. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, Susie, I was just looking at my vacation time and flights. I think uh, that will be best. Found a few round trips. <laughs> so they're they're talking about going on vacation. Uh, Susie, hey babe, Jared, how are you? Susie, I'm well. You? <laughs> Uh, Jared, I'm okay. This whole Chris thing, uh, is really getting to me. How's your foot feeling today? Also remember the applications today. Susie, I'm texting him actually. I feel the same way. Uh, Jared, is he responding to you? Cause he's not really responding to me. I feel like he's upset with me, but I'm uh, just not giving in. Um, Susie, he's responding, but I'm taking the approach of asking questions. I'm not telling him what I think yet. Jared, okay, let me know what uh, how that works. Susie, I just asked him about Nordic in regards to me seeing the kids. Jared, yeah, like are we going to get to see them still? Susie, exactly. Um I'm really pushing him on the, the kids right now. Jared, how's that going? Susie, he stopped responding. Uh, Jared, I think he's working. Okay, yep, I was. Back to Jared. Now comics are starting to talk about it. This is just not good. I'm so worried about him, but there's nothing we can do if he chooses not to talk to anyone. Susie, what are they saying? Jared, basically that... Uh, basically just that we need to continue to support him. Good things. Uh, Susie, that's good at least. Uh, Jared, yeah, I'm I'm just so tired. I want everything to be normal. Susie, he just needs a little help. Jared, I know he does, but I don't know how to help him, and I feel like a bad friend. Uh, Susie, tell him that. Uh, She gives an example. Hey, Chris, I know we've had some pretty deep talks lately, and I feel like a bad friend because I don't know how to help. I want to be there for you, and I want to make sure you're okay. I'm really worried about you. Know that I'm not going anywhere, and and I'm going to continue to support you in whatever you do, but I feel like you're making rash decisions based on how you feel right now. And right now, you're not yourself. I want my best friend back and I'll do anything I can to help you get there or something. (laughs) That's a very well written uh, response, I think. Can I just copy and paste that? (laughs) Yes, you can. Or uh, Jared said, can I just copy and paste that? And Susie says, uh, yes, you can. Uh, Jared, it's exactly what I want him to hear. Uh, Susie. I know you pretty well. I just took what you've been telling me and put it all together. Jared, thank you. I could cry right now. Uh, Susie, chin up. I love you. Jared, love you too. All right. Uh, Susie, did you text Chris today? Um, Jared, yeah, I did. Susie, did he respond? Jared, no. Uh, Jared, he, uh, hey, he just responded to me. Hope he did for you as well. <laughs> There's some other random stuff that, uh, yeah, it's weird. So this must've been when I quit. So I quit doing comedy and I was running this open mic. Um, and I, I'd quit that like just dead stop. I think. The week before my birthday, I I had quit. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to remember. Um, okay. So this is that individual um, on the Tuesday night, which is normally when when the that open mic was, and and they kind of took up the the helm to to host that. Uh, okay, Jared. Chris showed up and he's doing a set. Susie. What? Jared. Yeah. I'm so happy. He's laughing and enjoying himself. Susie. Less pressure. Please tell him hello. Jared. I did. Susie. Buy him kombucha or a soda for me. Uh, Jared. He's leaving, but I told him hi. Uh, Susie. Love you. Jared. I love you too. Uh, This is not good. I'm so worried about him. What the fuck? Am I missing something? Sorry, guys. Uh, Okay, so there must have been a a text message about me being on the phone with him. um, The night of my attempt, I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. Um You still on the phone with him? Yes. Uh, uh, sorry, Susie. You still on the phone with him? Jared. Yes. Um, Susie, you need to call in the morning. Uh, it is not healthy for you to, to be everyone's outlet and not have one of your own. Jared. I will Susie. And I know, you know that you can tell me anything and everything, but I don't want you to ever feel too codependent. So I don't push it, but really, um, Jared, Chris is going to the hospital. Uh, Susie, oh my God. Uh, Jared, it's worse than I thought. Uh, Susie texted Kim. Jared, did she tell you what happened? Susie, she hasn't responded yet. Jared, okay. Susie first said, how can I help? Oh, I just said, how can I help? Sorry, the printer, like they said, got a little fucked up. So it's so a little tougher. And I'm sorry if this is annoying, the whole back and forth thing, but it's actually kind of intense. Um, Jared, I don't know uh, what I'm allowed to share. Uh, Susie, everything? <laughs> uh, you cannot bring this up to Kim. If she wants to share with you, then she will. Uh, Chris is going into the mental health unit today. He tried to hang himself last night. Uh, Susie. Oh, no. Um, okay, Susie. She just messaged me. The kids are, uh, at Grandma's, and she's trying to take the week off. I gave her my work schedule in, in case, uh, Grandma has anything planned, and and I can help with the, the kids. Jared, that's very, very kind of you. Susie, I'm, I'm glad you, uh i'm i'm glad i made you take uh his call jared i i feel so guilty that i didn't want to um whens uh susie wins your appointment noon noon tomorrow don't uh susie don't feel guilty he's uh oh don't feel guilty just be glad uh you answered i'm proud of you Susie, Kim called me. Uh, she's holding it together. Landon saw Chris. So she's trying to get him to talk to someone. Jared, yeah, she told me that. Uh, did he see it in the act or afterwards? Uh, Susie, the kids woke up when the, the cops came. Uh, so he saw the aftermath of Chris laying in the bed. Uh, Kim is very adamant you know talking to to him was, was good for him and uh, did not prompt this to happen. It's not on you. Jared, I, I still can't help but worry. Susie, he talked about uh, your phone call to her. um, Jared, good or bad? Susie, good. He was glad you chatted, but apparently he doesn't... Uh, feel remorseful about what he did and Kim was saying that uh, the last time he attempted he just wanted to finish what he started um, so she's uh, really glad he went willingly and wasn't committed um, and she loses it whenever she thinks about the kids they just know that dad is very sick and the doctors are going to try and help him get better Jared. I'm so worried about them. And him, Susie. She said she'll keep us uh, updated and uh, let us know if she needs help. Um, Throughout all of this, Kim has never gone to counseling, but she's going to see someone now. Uh, She said it just sucks because that's the unit she works on. So now her personal life is all over her work life and she doesn't know how to navigate it all. Jared. Yeah, she was saying that to me too. Such a bummer. Susie. Chris got discharged from the hospital tonight. Uh, It was unexpected, but he got home around 5, Kim said. Jared. Oh boy. Is everything okay? Susie. Rehab is going to be expensive. I mentioned offer uh she said that would be so kind and and wouldn't be upset by it she just uh she said he seems to be doing well um jared okay then i'll mention it to oh they were they were gonna do like a fundraiser or something um i know that that was uh something that they wanted to do i don't i don't know if that ever happened but that's okay um Uh, Jared this is like a week later just talked to Chris he sounds so good just glowing um Susie did he call you Jared uh oh oh it's a different day now uh so back to Susie actually uh did 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 Kim send you a a picture this morning uh Jared yes she did so sweet hope therapy was good love you Okay, back to Susie. Chris texted me. He got there and uh, is just checking in losing his phone in a minute here. Jared, he never called or texted me. Susie, well, I talked to him last night about April's idea told him he had the the night to think on it so uh, he texted just now saying he's okay with the fundraiser and that he loves us. Jared, oh okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't, all right. It just kind of ends there. Sorry if that was anticlimactic. Uh, okay, so this is that individual talking with Kim now. Whew. Actually, you know what? That's, that's a lot to to take in. I'm actually going to save the next part for next time um okay process fuck um that whole thing sucks because i don't know in um like over the last year i would say there was a lot of uh people not not just comics but but different friends that would um, kind of lean on me for things. And, and I'm, that's like part of my personality. I I thrive on that shit. So it's not that I didn't want that stuff to happen, but um, it would make me feel like I, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but not taken advantage of, but, just not, not seen, I guess, if that makes sense. So I, when, when I would offer up my, and maybe this is my own perception, I w- it would feel like I was coming across as needy if I brought my shit to them. Um, and then there was a, a turning point, I don't know, maybe like October, October, or November, and I started saying, you know, this person left one night because of something, you know, and people would leave and people would not be a part of things because not more than one person. So I, don't, I hope anybody listening to this doesn't think that I'm singling them out. This would happen t- with different people all of the time. Um, For various reasons. And when, when I did it, um, (laughs) when I would decide to do it, 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 um, meant that I was like suicidal and all of these things, which at the time I wasn't. Um, but, um, I w and I would, I would just go home and drink every time that there was some little rift, I guess. Or something that I felt like I don't know, just some it was it's I'm sure it's nothing. Like I'm sure it's dumb stuff like in retrospect, but I just turned it into these I like, you know, they, that expression turning uh molehills into mountains. I I did that I think. Um I think I was just overreacting. I, I would justify so okay. I think I figured it out somebody would leave because they were having anxiety or feeling bad and I would do the same when I started doing that stuff I think my shit was partly out of spite like and I would have this internal dialogue of like if they can do it why the fuck can't I do it and so that was the wrong reason so it probably sent a weird fucking vibe out to people and and started to make people say things like, like those two individuals were saying early on or, you know, in in the weeks leading up to kind of what transpired, there were other individuals who uh, called and were like worried about you before I even kind of realized that I was in any danger. I, I would have like thoughts of, they seem like fleeting thoughts at the time, but like thoughts of like jumping off of a, a bridge on the way home from work and, or just letting go of the steering wheel and, and driving into some barricade or something. Um, it's all, it's all, you know, I don't know. It's all crazy. Um, but, I, it, it hurts to know that, you know, people who were going through real things that I, that person is such a good friend. The fact that I, I let myself be petty and spiteful and think that it's okay for me to like more or less storm off. Um, and kind of blow off our friendship like that, um and expect everything to be okay in the end, or for them to like be okay with it for just because they had done something similar that's not the reason that they they were going through their own shit you know it's it's not the same, what I did wasn't the same. I hope that you know I can do better and and continue to be the friend that, you know, I, I want to be. I don't I don't throw myself out there like that just to you know just for shits and giggles like I really do care about that person. And I, I'm fucking sorry. Ugh both of those people. I shouldn't just say the one. The other individual that's involved in that is a friend, and I acted so awkward around the fact that it it shouldn't be so weird to call a girl a friend, but there's all these weird um things con connotations I can't think of the word right now, but like things that are attached to being friends with somebody of the opposite sex for some reason, which is stupid. That person is so wonderful without outing them like they they mean the world to us. Not just myself, but my, my family, you know? So I, I need to... Um, being shitty to one affects the other. That's just, That goes for any relationship. So I need to do better for both of them so that we can continue to have the, the friendship that we have. And, um, once all this COVID shit is done, hopefully we can hang out with them and and everybody else, you know? Um, thank, thank you guys for listening. Um, the month of April was man, doing this has helped myself so much. And, and I know it's helped Kim so much. Um, so please share and subscribe this all over the place. Uh, we want to keep doing this I for me, like for my sobriety, but for Kim, I, I hope that it's, um, an opportunity for her to get shit off of her chest. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're on YouTube and Apple podcasts and all of the, Basically everywhere you can get podcasts, uh, we'll be on iHeart Media soon, hopefully. Um, and uh, any questions, you can feel free to email them to duckduckgrayduke at gmail dot com. And with that, I will pass.